and uh, make, make sure and put on the top of your list that the Rev don't get it. Say amen. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. Everybody, there's a, a, a strain of strep throat that's going around also, so we need to pray about that. Real serious case there. We need to pray for all those that are sick and all those that ain't that they don't get it. Amen. Exodus chapter 12. How many of y'all are looking forward to Easter Sunday? Isn't that wonderful? The choir's going to be doing a lot of great new stuff. I think the sign team's going to be, are they going to be uh, uh, signing also? It's going to have a great day. You ought to do everything in your power to bring somebody who don't know Jesus to, to Easter Sunday. Listen, there, there's, two, there's two Sundays of the year, uh, or two particular holidays of the year, that is your best chance of getting somebody here. That's Easter and Christmas. And, and, and I would hate to know I wasted a good opportunity to somebody I've been witnessing to. This is a great chance to get them under the preaching of God's Word. I promise you, you need to do everything you can to do that. How many of y'all are looking forward to the Spring Jubilee? Man. I'm excited. How many of y'all have never, ever heard the Wisnet sing? Never heard? The, raise your hand real high. Raise your hand. Never heard? My, y'all going to be in for it. Amen. How many have never heard Brother Jonathan McNeese preach? Raise your hand real high. Right. Mm. Well, you're not missing. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, you, I can't, I'm telling you, I'm so pumped up and excited. I, it's, it's wonderful. How many have never heard Dr. Craig Edwards preach? Never heard Brother Craig preach? Mercy, mercy, mercy. It's going to be a time. You want to do everything you can to be here early to get a good seat. Uh, we're going to have a great time in God's house. It's our spring jubilee, probably our, our best meeting of the year. We always have it. And, uh, and, and uh, you want to you invite somebody to come? Every year, it seems like God saves people every single year. Uh, 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 where's Brother Bruce? That, I think the first time the witness was here was the year you got saved, if I remember right. And, uh, and, and man, God has just been doing a great work there uh, and seeing people saved, and I appreciate that. If you have your Bibles in Exodus chapter 12, say amen. amen. Stand to your feet real quickly, and we'll read just a few verses here this morning. Uh, God has put the, the Passover, uh, the Passover that God instituted in Egypt, uh, on my heart and mind, and let's share just a couple of things God gave us, and then and then we'll we'll be dismissed this morning. Exodus twelve and verse number one. When you get there, say Amen one more time. Amen. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak. And by the way, that just means when you get saved, everything's brand new. There is a new beginning in Christ when a person gets saved. Behold, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God said everything's starting brand new. Verse 3, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of the month, they shall take of them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, boy, there's just too much lamb for the house. Amen. That's a whole other story. Amen. Let him and his name. There was too much lamb down in that valley with Goliath, wasn't there? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Uh, at, at, mm, hallelujah. Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb. Verse yeah. 5. Amen. It's gone from a lamb to the lamb. Amen. Now he's your lamb. Hallelujah. And he shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, 
And ye shall keep it up unto the fourteenth day of the same assembly, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper doorposts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, uh, roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden of it at all with water, but roast with fire, his head and with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. And he shall let them, or excuse me, and ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it of the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will, Brother Meherg right there, all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the Lord shall be, listen, amen. And the blood shall be to you for a token, a sign upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. The Bible says in verse 23, or excuse me, 22, and ye shall take a bunch, and now Moses is recording and rehearsing this to the, the, the nation of Israel. He said, ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lint on the two side posts uh, with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. You've got to stay in the house. For the Lord will pass through the, to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door. And I will not suffer, and excuse me, and will not suffer the destroyer to come in unto your house to smite you. Dear Heavenly Father, Help us today. Oh, God, help us today. Help us to get the truth of your word. And, Lord, we'll praise you. Help me. I need your help. Lord, please touch my heart and my mind. Help us to, uh, Lord, learn something from your word that's going to help us to be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God's word is wonderful, isn't it? Man, I tell you, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. I want to preach just a few moments this morning on the subject, a picture from the Passover. A picture from the Passover. Uh, Most of us know that the Old Testament is wonderful. It's just as good as the New Testament. It's all inspired by God. It's all given for us uh, to be a blessing and encouragement to us, to reveal God to us. But do you realize most everything in the Old Testament is a picture and a shadow of things to come. It is a picture and a pointing toward Calvary. It is a pointing toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything is about He's coming, He's coming, He's coming. And this is one of the greatest pictures of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ in all the Bible. Let's take a few moments and and look at some things here this morning. Number one, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, I want you to see the problem that we fear. The problem that we fear. Now, to get, if you're not really familiar with this particular portion of Scripture, uh, the, the nation of Israel is in bondage. They are in slavery. The nation of Israel has been in slavery for 400 years. Uh, they are in slavery uh, uh, to the nation of Egypt. 
Egypt as, and God has called Moses to come and deliver the people and set the people free. Moses comes and, and Pharaoh is hard-headed. He's hard-hearted and he will not let them go. So God brings plague after plague after plague after plague after plague upon this nation. Uh, and, 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 and really, in all honesty, he is bringing it against all the gods of Egypt because each plague represented a different god of Egypt and God was showing his power over them. But all the way up until the last, God said, I'm going to do one more. And when I do this one, he's going to let you go. He said, I'm going to come. I'm going to send the death angel. And the firstborn out of every house shall die. The firstborn out of every house shall die. Now, the thing about this is that included the nation of Israel. That included man and beast. Listen, when that death angel came, the firstborn would die. So the problem that we fear, we find, A, write this down. I want you to see this. There was a revealing of judgment. Do you realize the Bible says in the very, very beginning, in the very first book of the Bible, the day that ye shall eat of this fruit, ye shall surely die. God laid it out. He laid the judgment for sin out in the very beginning, right in the beginning of time. Do you realize the wage of sin is death? You say, I'm getting away with it. I'm getting away with it. You may think you're getting away with it, but I promise you this. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but when it is through, it brings death. You may get away with it today. You may get away with it tomorrow, but I'm here to tell you judgment is coming. Sin will be paid for. Be Listen, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. I promise you this, be sure your sin will find you out. There is judgment coming. If you die in your sin, you will bust hell wide open. God is not overlooking it. God is not going around it. God will deal with sin. Sin must be judged judgment's coming the death angel's coming he said I will smite death is here death is a result of sin death is a result of sin cancer is a result of sin listen uh, 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 cataracts and everything else that go along it's a result of sin I'm not saying you sin to get it I'm just saying that is a result from sin in the garden man's disobedience The, the world was cursed man was cursed We are living in this atmosphere. And listen, I'm here to tell you, sin will be judged. It's a fear that we face. Listen, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. James 1.15, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. What about not only the revealing of judgment, but I want you to see this. I want you to see the recipient of judgment. The Bible says, I will smite all the first. So who does that represent? In typology, that represents all that's been born one time. Nicodemus comes unto the Lord. Nicodemus comes unto the Lord. So we know thou art a teacher come from God. No man can do these miracles that thou doest unless God be what, What's the deal here? He said, hey, listen, there's one thing you need to know, Nicodemus. You must be born again. 
You must be born again. Nicodemus is confused. He's thinking physically. He's thinking carnally. He said, how in the world can a man go back into his mother's womb and be born again when he is old? How is this possible? And he said, man, how are you a teacher in Israel? No, it's not what I'm talking about. He said, that which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. Man, listen, you must be born of water and of the spirit. That born of water is the physical birth. That spiritual birth must take place. Listen, you are born into this Listen, this earthly realm and this earthly kingdom with your first birth. But in order to get into the kingdom of God, in order to get into the kingdom of heaven, in order to see God where he is, ye must be born again. And judgment is coming for all those who are not born again. You've got to be saved. When I got saved, I was born again. I was a babe in Christ. Everything was brand new. Man, I had an appetite for it. Are y'all with me? The judgment that we fear. This, listen, this problem that we fear. Can you imagine? Can you imagine in Moses' heart and Moses' mind as he's hearing God say, I'm going to kill all the firstborn. Death is coming. The plague is coming. And I'm telling you, can you imagine as, as Moses tells the leaders and the leaders tell the families and the families, the head of the families tell the children... Can you imagine what the children were feeling? A death angel's coming. A death angel. Can you imagine what the firstborn of every household was feeling? Death is coming. Death is coming. Death is coming. I promise you this. Death is coming. Death is coming. You say, I don't believe it. Doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. The Bible says, He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Whether you believe it or not, death is coming. Death is sure. Death is real. Death is coming. Judgment is coming. It's coming. The problem we fear. But number two, I want you to see the provision we find. I'm glad God said, I'm going to send the death angel, but I've got, I've got an answer to the problem. I've got an answer to the problem. I'm glad anytime there's a problem, God's already got a solution. Are y'all with me? That's all I can do to keep it neutral right here. Are you with me? I'm looking for high gear right here. This provision that we find. He said, I want you to do this. Now, y'all stay with me. I'm not going to be long today, I hope. Look, he said, I want you every household to find a lamb. I want every household to find a lamb. Now, uh, this lamb is not any ordinary lamb. This lamb cannot be just your run-of-the-mill ordinary lamb. This lamb, we see, hey, if you're taking notes, write this down. This, This lamb was carefully selected. He said, I want you to go and find a lamb, of a male lamb of the first year without spot, and without blemish, there could not be nothing wrong with this lamb. No bones broken, no blemishes on this lamb. It was carefully selected. Hey, listen, you do it on the 10th day, from the 10th day to the 14th day, you check it out, you, you investigate it, you watch it, you look at it, you do everything you can to interrogate that lamb, make sure there is no issue there. Well, do you realize right before they crucified the Lord, they investigated him? They checked him out. They looked him up one side, down the other, and they said, I find no fault in this man. Hallelujah. 
Isaac said, Isaac said, Father, where's the lamb? Y'all remember when Abraham, I'm feeling God right now. Hallelujah. When, when Abraham and Isaac was going up the side of that mountain, hey, listen, Isaac said, I see the knife, I see the wood, I see the fire, but where is the lamb? That poses a problem. Do you realize the problem with our country today is there's no lamb in the country. The problem with our schools today is there's no lamb in our schools. They've kicked him out. They've kicked, listen, they've kicked prayer out. They've kicked God out. They've kicked out anything. Thing, and they're saying, where's the lamb? There's a problem, where's the lamb? But Abraham says, God will provide himself a lamb. That's a promise. That's a promise. We see a problem with the lamb, then a promise of a lamb. And then way over there in the New Testament, John the Baptist was baptizing on the River Jordan. He said, somebody's coming. There's a lamb coming. Mary had a little lamb. His fleece was white as snow. There is a lamb coming. There's somebody coming that I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe latches. I'm telling you, I'm not him, but he's coming. I'm baptizing with water, but he's going to be baptizing with fire. Hallelujah. I'm not him, but there he is. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. That's the presentation of a lamb. But then if you keep on reading, you keep on reading all the way to the end. In Revelation chapter 5, the Bible says all the creation, hallelujah, sings with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb. That's the praise of the lamb. Listen, what are you saying? The problem with our country is they need the lamb. I'm here to tell you there is a lamb. And one day we're going to praise the lamb. We're going to fall down on our feet. We're going to bow down, our, listen, on our knees and give glory and praise to the lamb. This is the song. This is the song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory and power and honor and blessing. For he was slain. He was slain to redeem us unto God. Are y'all with me? Listen, this provision that we find. This provision that we find, it was carefully, it was carefully selected. It just was not any lamb. Jesus was the lamb without spot or blemish. There was no guile found in him. He was without fault. He was without problem. Listen, the interrogator said, I find no fault in this man. This lamb was not only carefully selected, but B, it was completely satisfactory. It was completely, I tell you what, take that word, put sufficient. Put sufficient. That's all it took. There was nothing else needed. Jay, it, it, it took care of the job. Let me give y'all a thought. This is just thought. This is like a commercial we're going to slip in, and then we're going to preach the third point, because really the message is in the third point. But the Bible says, Moses said, you shall dip it out of the basin, B-A-S-O-N. Say that with me. Basin. Say it with me. Basin. Now I'm thinking basin. I'm thinking bowl. Anybody thinking that with me? But if you look that word up, that word can be translated threshold. Threshold. You know what a threshold is? A little hollow place right there at the threshold of the. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? The threshold of the. In other words, now I, 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 I don't know how much. I was reading and studying this, and, and some commentaries believe that, that each of the households would take that lamb, 
and they would sacrifice, they would kill that lamb at the threshold of the door. Y'all with me? At the threshold of the door. And then they would take that hyssop, that, that type of uh, uh, leafy branch there, and they would dip it in that and then strike it on the, the side post and the lintel. So it's on the top, the sides, and the... You was completely surrounded with the blood. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass. Now, here's the deal. The Bible says, how much sore punishment thought ye worthy? He who hath trodden underfoot the blood of the sacrifice. Preacher, what are you saying? He said, you stay in the house. Once the blood is applied, you stay in the house. If you leave the house... You've got to walk on the. What are you saying? There's a whole lot of people that God has provided the way. God has provided the provision for safety. God has provided the provision to escape that plague of sin and plague of death. And they're walking out the house. Trodden on the blood of Christ. Well, how in the world did they do that? If you sit under the sound of my voice and you're not saved today. You said under the sound of my voice, and you've never been saved. You've never trusted the Lord as your personal Savior. If the Holy Ghost right now is dealing with your heart, the Holy Ghost is drilling into your soul right now that you need Him. He is wooing you and drawing you and pulling you, saying that you need a shepherd. You need a Savior. You're going to die and go to hell. Won't you come to me and accept that? And you walk out of this building, you're treading on the blood of Christ. Safely. Secure in that house. I'm glad I'm safe. Let me say this too. I guarantee you, there's a little young man in that house that was the firstborn. And he was in that house. I got to know this and I got to believe this. That young man was in that house. Is that blood still out there? Will you, you go out there and peek one more time? But even though God said he was safe, he didn't feel safe. Preacher, what are you saying? Your salvation is not based on how you feel. Son, there's times in my life I don't even feel saved, much less a preacher. Now, I know there's folks run all around all the time and say, I ain't never doubted it. I'm not one of them. There's times in my life I wonder what in the world's going on. There's times in my life, listen, there's times in my life I wonder what in the world is happening. But I'm glad no matter how I feel when I'm in that house. The blood is still there. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. Completely sufficient. It was enough. I mean, it's plenty. Now, oh boy. What was number one? Problem with tears. Number two. Division with five. Number three.
Yeah, all right. Oh, boy. I kept reading this. I said, Lord, why don't we stop where we're shouting at? Let's not go no further. God said, no. No, this is way too important. We like to shout over the lamb. I do. Thank God for the lamb. I like shouting over the lamb. And I like shouting over the blood. We're not going to take the blood songs out. We're going to keep singing them. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilty stains. There is power, 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 power. Wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And then some good shouting points. And I love shouting. But y'all realize shouting is kind of like ice cream? It's a blessing. Especially briars vanilla, chocolate syrup, sprinkles. Now, if you don't like that, you're a communist. Say amen. <laughs> Everybody likes briars, vanilla, and chocolate syrup. Amen? amen. Especially the kind that gets hard and you got to... Yeah, that's a great invention. I don't know who come up with that, but that's cool. goes on solving them. It just hardens up. Yeah, buddy. I don't know what you laughing. You the one got me into it. Going to Dairy Queen, your medicine. That's what he called it, his medicine. This helps my joints. Amen. But do you realize you can't live on shouting? As good as I like to do it, as good as I like to hear it, as good as I like to be around it, there were some other things they had to do. Let's let's share them real quick and we're we're going to dismiss. The Bible says after you kill that lamb, they shall take the blood and you shall strike it on the two sides. This is verse 7. Strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the house wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. And they shall roast with fire the, and, and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Now go down to verse number 15. Verse number 15. When you get there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away. Now watch this. Read it with me. Ye shall put away. Read it with me. Ye shall put away leaven out of your house. He didn't just say take it out the bread. He said get it plumb out the house. Now, when the blood is applied, I got saved. Y'all with me? Jay, when God applied the blood to my life and my soul and my sins, I was saved. I was saved. It was the blood that kept them from being destroyed. It was the blood that protected them from the plague. It was the, listen, the blood that protected them from the death angel. Are y'all with me? But that wasn't all God told them to do. And there are so many Christians today, they're so busy shouting over the blood, they forget about the duty. They forget about their responsibility that God gave them afterwards. Do you realize getting saved ain't all there is to it? Yeah. Getting saved is wonderful. It assures me of heaven. But I got to live here till I get there. He said, we're going to the promised land. But they're going to see some things you need to do to help you get there. Now watch this. And this will be real quick. 
What's the practice we forget? I don't never, I don't never hardly hear preachers preaching on this stuff when they preach in this subject, but for some reason this was the main focus of the message God had in my heart. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that we're on our way to heaven. But what about get till we get there? What is the practice we forget? A, the removal of all defilement. The removal of all defilement. Listen, those Jewish families, they were to go through that house. They were to search it up and down. They were to go through everything, find any leaven in the house. They were to take it out. Listen, not just in the bread, but any leaven whatsoever in the house. They were to go through it, clean it out, and get it out. Let me, let me read you something I found. This is a modern-day Jewish family. The process of cleaning the home of all leaven is, is in preparation for Passover. It's an enormous task. To do it right, you must prepare for several weeks and spend several days scrubbing everything down going over the edges of your stove and fridge with a toothpick and Q-tip, covering all surfaces that come in contact with food, with foil or shelf liner, etc., etc. After the cleaning is completed, the morning before the Passover, a formal search of the house for leaven is undertaken and any remaining leaven is burned. What are you saying? They went into great detail to take out what God said should not be there. Now, what is leaven a symbol and a type of? Leaven is a type of sin. Say that with me. Leaven is a type of sin. It works from the inside out. It works secretly. It works. Listen, they had no idea that Achan had sinned in the nation of Israel. And they went and they fell at Ai because they had no idea there was sin in the camp. And there's something about sin. It always affects its surroundings. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. A little sin corrupts everything. Yeast will swell. Sin will cause you to swell up and get prideful. Listen, this type of sin is to be done away with. You go through the house. You clean the house. You remove all defilement. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth the sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Preacher, what are you saying? Easter's coming. Easter Sunday's coming. I'm looking for great things. I'm looking for God to do miracles. I'm looking for God to do incredible things. But I'm here to tell you this. We have got to get the leaven out. We have got to get the sin out. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. What is in our life right now that would keep God from moving and touching and blessing and being an encouragement to us? We need to deal with it. We need to get it out. I can't do it, but you can I can't come and find your house. I'm not going to come and investigate your house. I'm not going to come and investigate your car. I'm not going to see what you got in your CD player. I can, no, listen, I can't do that. It's not up to me. It's up to you. Amen. But I can do me. I can say, oh, God, search me and know me. See if there be any wicked way in me. I guarantee you this. If you ask God if there's anything that's keeping him from blessing you, I guarantee you he will tell you. Removal of all defilement. Oh, God, bless me. Oh, God, touch me. Oh, God, help me. Oh, God, would you, would you, would you, would you? He said, yeah, as soon as you get that junk out your life. 
He's your thrice holy God. Right? Am I right about that? God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. I need to witness. You can't hold on to the world and grab him too. Man cannot serve two masters. He will either hold on to one and not the Are y'all with me? God's not out for a weekend date neither. Removal of all defilement. How many of y'all want God to save one of your friends? Let me ask you this. How many of y'all know somebody to save you sure would like to get saved? Know somebody's not saved. Maybe let me clarify. You know somebody's not saved. You'd like to see saved. Raise your hand real high. Raise your hand real high. All right? I wonder what what would happen if we went to God and said, God, would you reveal anything in my life between now and Easter Sunday? Show me anything I need to get out. Because I, I, sure I sure would like for you to touch my friend or my family member or my child or my parent. God, would you help me? You reckon God would tell you? What do you think would happen if all of us this week showed as much concern and carefulness as those Jewish families did when they would take Q-tips and toothpicks to make sure there was nothing in their life offensive to God? What if we did that this week? Me included. I'm preaching to me too. What if we all did it? What kind of Easter service do you reckon we could have? What kind of power do you think we could feel when we come in this room? If we decided to, listen, remove all the foul, then be. Not only... The practice we forget, we forget about that, but then we forget B. There is a diet to receive. We need to receive a diet. The Bible says when you, when you kill this lamb, you roast it in fire, and you eat this lamb. You say, what does that mean? God knew they were fixing to take a great journey. Y'all with me? They were fixing to strike a trail. They were fixing to take the journey of their lives. And God knew there was going to be some time in between the next meal. The next time you see them eating meat, God sends quail from heaven. God says, you're going on a journey. And you're going to need something to strengthen and nourish you. Preacher, what are you saying? You're on a journey today. Some of you are still in the wilderness. Some of you are in the promised land. Listen, the promised land represents... And by the way, the promised land don't represent heaven. It represents a victorious Christian life. Because thank God there's no death in heaven. There's no battles in heaven. But we're on a journey today. What is he saying? He said, I want you to feed on me. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Richard, what are you saying? Let me hold your Bible, Brother Will. God is saying this, feed on me. You've got a journey to partake of. There are so many Christians that are fainting by the way because they don't have enough strength to go on. You know why? Because they're malnourished. He said, you are fixing to go on the journey of your life. He said, and watch this. 
He said, you eat it all. Don't leave anything. You get it all. We need everything that God has in his word to strengthen and sustain the journey. How many of uh, in your Christian walk, you felt tired before? When it comes to living right. When it comes to dressing right. When it comes to doing right. Man, you just felt like everything's against you. Felt like, well, everybody else ain't doing it. Why should I do it? Why should I even? And by the way, by the way, sign people. Sign people. If you're in here, you're sign people. Uh, 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 listen, don't you ever, ever, not one time, never, not one second, let it come into your mind of regretting the way you look and the way they look. Yes. I don't care what any of the world does. I don't care what any other church does. We're not basing what we do on what they do. And you stay strong. You look sharp. You look right. You, You are representing Temple Baptist Church and you're representing God in heaven. Amen. I was so proud of you, I could bust. Where's my list at? Don't ever let them feel that way. You do right. And I know what they were feeling. You know why I know what they were feeling? Because I grew up a pastor's son. I remember the one looking right around those that didn't. That could care less and look just as much like the world as anybody else. I remember how it felt. I remember, I remember the feelings. I remember the feelings that I wish, man, I wish I wasn't a preacher's kid. I felt that way. And I've said that. And then, boy, as I got older and I began to feed on God's Word, God said, don't you live your life for nobody else. It ain't about what they think. Listen, young people. If all you base what you do on is what everybody else thinks about you, you are their slave. And you're going to be constantly at their control. Because if everything you do is because of what they think, fooey on them. I know I'm running a rabbit, but I own a beagle. Say amen. Listen. Sometimes, Spence, it's easy to get weary in the journey. Because it seems like everybody else has it fun. And here I am doing right. Everything bad happened to me and they get everything good happened to them. Son, that's hard to watch, especially that age. Gosh. Man. I wish. I wish I. Ooh. How many times I said, God, why do I got to do this? That age. And I wasn't reading my Bible then. I knew a lot of it, but it didn't know me. I, I knew a whole bunch of it. Matter of fact, I could probably quote more then than I can now. But it wasn't in me. I wasn't digesting it. It was a mind thing, not a heart thing. And then God changed my life. I got saved and I actually started reading it to get it. And man, it started teaching me and showing me and helping me. He said, you eat this 
you eat this lamb because it's going to strengthen you. If you're wondering why you're feeling the way you're feeling, honestly, answer this question, honestly. How much time have you spent in this? Every Christian in here. I've been struggling, all right? How much time have you spent sitting down at the table feasting on the bread of life? I know, I know when I start getting stupid, I know what my problem is. It's when I've laid off of this. It's when I haven't spent time feasting on God's word. I know the cliches, and I know it. Trust me, I've heard them all. And I'm not trying to give you no cliche. I'm just trying to tell you, this journey that we're on, it is hard. And by the way, the longer, it, it, the, longer the Lord tarries His coming, it's going to get harder. But if we open up the bread of life, He will give us strength from the inside out. Because the journey's long. Say amen. amen. Listen, the practice we forget. A, say it with me. Come on, y'all, say it with me. B, I like this next verse. I like this next verse. He said, and when you eat it, it says when you eat it, the Bible says in verse number 11, when you get there, say amen. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in... It is the Lord's Passover. What practice do we need to remember? Remove all defilement, receive a diet, and have a readiness for departure. You know the problem with us? We're too in love with this world. We're too in love with this world. What do you mean by that? How many y'all ready to go to heaven? If this gas gets any higher, I'm ready quicker than quick. Are y'all with me? Buy me a mule. Are y'all with me? Oh, woe is me, woe is me, woe is me. Yeah, I know it. We fix and leave. In the moment and the twinkling of an eye. But the question is, you ready to go? See, God did not want the nation of Israel when Pharaoh come up to him. Now you gotta get this part. You gotta get this part, because this is like the critical, this is this is the deal. This is the this is the cherry on on the on the on the milkshake. God did not want the nation of Israel when Pharaoh come to them and said, Okay, it's time to go. Y'all get on out of here. Oh, well, let, 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 me, let me find my, let me find my, uh, oh, where did I put that? Uh, uh. How many of you men, you plan a trip 30 years in advance? <laughs> The day that you're supposed to leave, you're ready to go. Gas is, listen, cars filled up, the oil's changed, got new wiper blades on there. I mean, you're ready to go. What's that woman always doing? What am I, 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 
What did you say, Spence? Putting makeup on. <laughs> now, sometimes it's different in certain families. Sometimes it's the man, uh, what, what, what? God said, now watch how descriptive he is. He said, have your sandals on your feet. Your staff in your hand. I'm talking about while you eating lamb, your staff is in your hand. That meant God was saying, you be ready at any moment to get out of there. You know what God is telling us? We need to be ready. We need to be ready. What if God had came back? Where was you at this week? What was you doing this week? If he'd have come back right then, would you have been embarrassed? Watch and be ready, for you know not what hour the Son of Man cometh. Preacher, what are you saying? We need to practice a readiness all the time. Be ready all the time. Jesus, you know what? We may not even have to worry about service tonight. We just have service in heaven. Oh, oh, that's a reality. It could happen. Have your staff in your hand. Have your sandals on your feet. Bless God, we need to be looking for His return at any moment. Hallelujah. Church, say amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, help us today. There's some people that's not ready. There's some people that doesn't.